And so, so there's so what you're saying here is that we're not going to trade up for Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud. Yeah, that's not going to happen. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Welcome to the Drunken Jaguar. We are sad Jaguars this week. The Jaguars losing their fifth street to drop to two and six. They lost this past Sunday in England, 21-17, to the Denver Broncos, who are now three and five. It was a battle of two lowly, underachieving teams and the better team won. Is that fair to say? Dear co-host Asad Asan. Uh, is that fair to say? I don't think so. I don't know if the better team won Bentley. I really don't believe that because I feel like the Jaguars are still a above average team. And I think Denver's an average team. It's like the same story every week, right? It's the one play, the one play, the red zone turnover. The red zone turnover has killed us. And first and goal, man, at the one was at the one yard line. Why are we throwing the ball in the first place? Just a terrible play by Trevor Lawrence. I think that changed the whole outcome of the game. Okay, well, we have we have some breaking news here as we record today. However, I think I think let's let's talk about this Broncos game in London really quickly because I, I feel like this news is going to be its own thing to tackle here. So the Broncos game and the ja- the state of the Jaguars right now. It's really tragic, man. I mean, we have a positive 14-point margin on the season. So our point differential, despite losing three times more games than we've won, our point differential is positive, plus 14. There is not a single positive point margin in the AFC South. This is as of checking on game day which is just amazing. And, uh, you know, our colleagues at Duval Hot Takes pointed out that one of the saddest things about the Jaguars underperforming this year is that the division is really up for the taking. I did some math here. If you if you remove, I think it's like the final touchdown of each of our games this year, and that may include a, a Jaguars touchdown, right? Whatever the final touchdown was in a, in a, in a game this year for the Jags, if you take it out, the Jaguars are six one and one. Oh my goodness, that that hurts to hear. Yep, they're zero six now in one score games too. Just, just it's just amazing, man. I mean, hey, at least they're losing close games and not getting blown out, right? That's one way to look at it. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And I mean, every week, I guess what are we, we're kind of like looking for someone to blame. You know, is it the offense? Is it the defense? Is Trevor Lawrence a bust? Is he? Uh, amazing is, uh, you know, is he still in development? Um, and this, this week, I, I think we kind of landed on Trevor had an overall poor performance. I mean, he nailed some nice throws and got us, he got us on the board with that beautiful over the shoulder to Evan Ingram in the corner of the end zone. But on the day, Trevor was 18 completions out of 31 attempts for 133 yards, a touchdown, and then two picks. Those picks were both abysmal and something we'll talk about in a bit here. 
by comparison, Russell Wilson had pretty much the same completion percentage, slightly better than Trevor, 18 out of 30. He passed for 252 yards, had a touchdown, and one pick. Wilson's been under fire this entire season uh, as the Denver Broncos offense has been a mess. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett, former offensive coordinator for the Jaguars, is leading the team over there. But but yeah, the Broncos, you know, looked looked better on the day. Rushing-wise, we were able to hold Latavius Murray to 46 yards. Melvin Gordon III had 29 yards. I mean, the, the, the Broncos in total rushed for 101, whereas the Jaguars did rush for 191, and that's largely thanks to Travis Etienne's 156 yards on 24 carries. So ATN sort of coming out of, uh, what do we call it, James Robinson's shadow. James Robinson was traded to the Jets this past week. And ATN at least was a, was a bright, shining star amidst an otherwise abysmal, cloudy sky for the Jags. Yeah, man. I, uh, man, Travis was, he was excellent, right? He was, we saw his yards per carry average before we came into the game. And then, you know, I probably even went up now. He just had, he had a fantastic game. I think he's starting to see the game a, a little better now. And he's going to become you know, the workhorse, I think, for the Jaguars. And they're going to start running the ball a lot. I know Haste even was getting a bunch of touches, too. I think Snoop Connor will get involved. But the running game is definitely working for the Jaguars. And I feel like it's worked all season. But we still go back to throwing the ball. And Trevor Lawrence has proved, I think, now that you, you can't always trust him because he makes a lot of boneheaded decisions. As we talked about, yeah, both both interceptions were absolutely terrible. Especially when you get the ball back there at the end of the game, like, hey, we still have a chance to win this game. We had two timeouts, maybe two timeouts, a minute 40 to go. And, you know, length of the field, but not on the first play. On the first play, those interceptions, a bad interception. It's like a like a quick out route, and he throws it way inside, and the guy picks it off. He's wearing a club on his other hand, so he picks it off with basically one hand. It's just a terrible throw. Running game's working, though, and that's a bright spot. The defense looked all right in spots, but boy, Darius Williams and Trey Herndon, they, they looked absolutely awful. I'm, st- I'm starting to miss Shaq Griffin at this point. But I, I think the bright spots of this team are really Travis Etienne on offense. And then on defense, it's got to be Tyson Campbell. He's been one of the best corners in the league. People questioned his ball skills. We saw a great exhibition of his ball skills on Sunday with that interception. And he's just been excellent all year. I'm a, I'm a big big believer in Tyson Campbell now but overall they, they just find ways to lose football games and that's what's irritating yeah overall yeah I, I don't know I think people have questioned the heart of this team you know, what we're like full fully behind Doug Peterson but uh, I don't know how I feel about some of the clock management we had really on both sides uh this last game but for me you know noticeably from the Jaguars a, a ton of punts a lot of just really stalled offensive play out there and I was thinking in my mind I was like man what's a what's a good uh you know metaphor or pun for these punts and I, I felt like we were trapped in uh in punt land which which are, are you have you heard of punt land before I have not okay so punt land <laughs> punt land now of course it's not actually pronounced this way but punt land is the English name for a, a an autonomous region in Somalia really 
Yeah, which has like an official in Somali. I don't speak Somali, but like Dolad, Gobolitka, Puntland is Somalia. Something like this. In Arabic, it's Wilayat Arb al Bunt Somalia. So Bunt, Buntland, or whatever. But straight up, man, Google Puntland. And that's that's where the Jaguars were. They weren't in, they weren't really in England. They were mostly in Puntland. Now I think Doug Peterson, after being criticized in the media and stuff about going for too many fourth downs, I, I think, you know, he's trying to play it a little bit safer now as well, which I'm okay with actually. In, in some scenarios. And I'm, I'm glad we even kicked a field goal on that one possession because I was like, you're not going for this, are you, man? Like, come on, we can't do that. So, I mean, there's a lot of problems, but we can we can say week in and week out, we can be like, hey, this is a young team. But it just hurts when you have, especially when you're playing ball back, it's just a few missings like this. And then I go back to uh, where Trevor Lawrence got the grounding penalty. I believe they're in field goal range there too, and that pushes them out of field goal range right there. I feel like the defense made enough plays to where the Jaguars offense should have been able to bring it home for them. All right, let me do a, just a quick, quick, quick recap of this game. Um, and I want to hear your sort of final frustrations on it and things to look forward to moving ahead before we jump into our news. Cool. Okay. So the game did indeed open with punts from both teams. We had some three and outs. Um, Jaguars had a four and out due, due to a penalty. Uh, the uh, the Broncos then came out on their second possession, and this is where Russell Wilson is picked off by Tyson Campbell. A lot of lot of love for Tyson Campbell on the day. On the Jaguars' second possession, this is where they're able to capitalize on the turnover and they score the opening touchdown of the game. Lawrence hitting Evan Ingram for twenty two yards. Broncos get the ball back. They punt again. Uh, and now the Jaguars uh, go on a drive that makes them look like they're in control of this game here. We've got a pass to Zay Jones, pass to Dan Arnold. Travis Etienne on the ground gets a 12-yard pickup. And then eventually, eventually, uh, first and goal on the Broncos one. But Trevor finds Marvin Jones cutting across the back of the end zone. And he throws a pass that is low enough that the Broncos are able to uh, pick it off. So uh, Simmons is able to just sort of lift his hands and snag the ball. And it's uh, it's really it's a rookie mistake. I mean, it's one of those things that even Trevor admitted he should have put some more air under it, uh, air on the throw. The problem is, is that Trevor's been criticized for overthrowing so much. And this was a case where, yeah, if he had likely put a little bit more air on the ball, it might have sailed out the back of the end zone. So I don't know what was going through his head. Nobody knows what was going through his head. The Broncos pick off this attempted touchdown pass when we had the ball first and goal at the Denver one. Now, the Broncos still can't do anything with it. They punt after another three and out. And the next possession, the Jaguars are able to at least snag a field goal, right? So, again, there looks like they might have momentum for a nice shot at the end zone, but they wind up settling for a field goal. On the following possession, the Broncos now fire up their offense, and they take the ball on 11 plays, 75 yards down the field, eating up a bit of clock as well, and score to make it 10-7. A touchdown pass to Jerry Judy. In the start of the second half, Jaguars get the ball to start off. They go eight plays and punt. The Broncos now, offense still, still firing, are able to take the ball 98 yards down the field. Russell Wilson completing... A number of passes culminating in a rushing touchdown, and the Broncos have now gone up 14-10. So how do the Jaguars answer? 
the next three possessions are all punts. Oh my god! And uh, now that's not to say that the Broncos are any better. They also punt. So it's it is Jaguars punt five plays for nineteen yards. The Broncos punt three plays. They actually lose yardage on that possession. Jaguars have another three and out punt. The Broncos have another three and out punt. Jaguars get the ball. They're able to get a couple first downs here, but punt. And the Broncos get the ball three and out punt. And then eventually, and this is where we're kind of accustomed now to the game really picking up in the fourth quarter with a little lead change here and there that never ends in the Jaguars' favor. The Jaguars are able to score a touchdown. So uh, Travis Etienne gets the ball in with 3.54 left to go in the fourth quarter, bringing the score to 17-14 to after the extra point. The Broncos get the ball back after this, and right when it's needed, Russell Wilson is able to commandeer a drive. He's in the shotgun pretty much the whole time, uh, in which the Broncos score a touchdown on a two-yard rush from Latavius Murray. This is how it ends, basically. The Jaguars, after that, get the ball back. Another chance for Trevor Lawrence to prove himself. There is 143, sorry, 142 left in the game on Trevor Lawrence's first pass and intended, as you mentioned, to the right side uh, for Christian Kirk. It's picked off. Game over. Fuck. Man, I didn't even realize how many punts there were. Isn't that crazy? It was boring as shit. A lot of punts, and then, you know, you, you score in a timely fashion, and then you let them go all the way down the field. And it's all, all because of that KJ Hamler, you know, deep pass from Russell Wilson. Trey Herndon was terrible. He is not meant to be a corner that plays on the outside. He should be playing in the slot. I don't know why they don't understand that. I don't know why Darius Williams isn't on the outside more often. None of it makes sense to me. So this secondary is bad. I'm going to go ahead and say that. The secondary is bad. The pass rush is average. I think Arden Key provided a nice little boost. But, yeah, I'm sick of talking about this game because, obviously, you know, I'm here in Denver, and I've already had to talk about this a million times. And I hate it. We lost to the Broncos, who can, who can barely move the football, you know. And they, now I believe that was the most points they scored this, this season, or second most at least. Just heartbreaking, man. And how Trevor throws the interception on that last drive. It just can't happen. I would have liked to open up with a run on that drive, too. Yeah, anything, open up with anything except a pick. Is that the uh, is that the third is that the third time or the fourth time? Maybe the third time this season that that just starting off a potentially potential game tying drive that Lawrence turns the ball over. I don't know if it's nerves. I I I I just don't know. I'm I'm still a believer, but I'm starting to lose belief slowly in him. But I'm I'm not over it yet. You know, it's only his first year with Doug Peterson too. Got to get him some better weapons. I mean, he has weapons, but we could really use a maybe a true number 1 or you know, a 1A 1B guy, if you know what I mean. Oh yeah, man. Well, well, uh we do have some breaking news. Breaking news. We have to be recording here on Tuesday afternoon. We are I think at the moment are we like 4 minutes away from the 4 p.m. Eastern time trade deadline? And it, it, the news is not that Josh Allen has been traded away, right? Which was, that was my fear. I mean, Doug Peterson almost alluded to it as a possibility, I think, in interviews this week. So that's not the case at the moment. It's the Jaguars acquiring wide receiver Calvin Ridley from the Atlanta 
Falcons. The Falcons receive, they would receive a 2023 fifth round pick and a conditional 2024 uh, fourth round pick if this deal is indeed inked. Conditional pick could become a third rounder if Ridley reaches certain incentives in 2023, or it could become a second rounder if he signed to an extension, sources tell Adam Schefter. Interesting man. And we got, he's suspended. He can't even play this year. He cannot play this year now, but that's okay. Because, I mean, we know how good Calvin Ridley is, right? And this guy is actual number one re- receiver written all over him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. If you look at Calvin Ridley last year, yes, he was kind of off to a slow start. And, of course, we saw the suspension after he missed a few games, I believe, because he was dealing with, like, some mental health problems. I think someone had passed in his family recently. So he sat out a few. And then he was caught for the gambling right and then got suspended i'm trying to remember exactly what happened i'm sure pretty sure he sat out a few games because he was struggling with some mental health stuff but i mean if you look at the year before that man this guy almost had 1400 yards last time we had that was alan robinson this was a this was a good 1300 yards you know when this guy catches the ball downfield he's not a possession guy and he's very explosive. He can open up the field for other guys, too. He's a true number one, I think. And he, he was developing into a star player, especially after they parted ways with Julio Jones. And I think that was the reason they did part ways with Julio Jones, because he was aging and they knew they had a star in Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley's a, a real game changer. And I think, you know, he's going to come out healthy next year and ready to go. I just can't believe he got suspended a whole year for, for gambling. And we got Deshaun Watson over here only on 10 games. Yeah. Yeah, and you've you've never been suspended for gambling. No, I haven't. But uh, I tell you what, though, they should suspend my accounts because I might go broke. <laughs> okay, um, let's take a look at Calvin Ridley's uh, career stats then. So apart from that shortened 2021 season, if we start back in 2018, so he's been with the Falcons his whole career. 2018, 64 catches for 821 yards and 10 touchdowns. I mean, that's a amazing first year effort there with them 2019 63 catches for 866 yards so those numbers those numbers are almost identical but i do need to point out this is on three less games than what he had played in 2018 for seven seven tds all right so still still a, a great showing 2020 as you mentioned we got 90 catches for 1374 yards and nine tds man this is this is exciting you got me you got me he's good He's that good. I mean, he was he was that good in college. He's proven himself in the NFL. I mean, this is the guy, you know, when people are drafting in fantasy football, this guy was going like in the first round as a wide receiver. Usually running backs go pretty early, and people are drafting Calvin Ridley because that was the upside with Calvin Ridley. And I think that's what the Jaguars are getting, a, a guy, a star. But, you know, he has superstar potential and a lot of upside. All right. So how does that factor into our current receiver room? I think the Jaguars were going in with the expectations that, you know, if they fell somewhere between, I mean, we were expecting playoffs, but if they fell somewhere between like nine, nine and 14 in the first round, they were going to draft a receiver in the draft possibly. And I, I was thinking Jackson Smith and Jigba out of Ohio state, who's been just a stud since he was a freshman. And, I mean, have we seen what these Ohio State receivers have been doing coming into the league in their first year? It's, it's been nuts. We saw um, Terry McLaurin develop very quickly into a star. We see this year Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, they 
enter the NFL and they look like future stars as well. So we know we know what it is with Ohio State receivers. So I was I really wanted to get Jackson Smith and Jigbo, but I don't think that's gonna happen anymore. But this is a good thing because now you can find find another spot in need, right? And they'll probably probably be on the defense. And you, you go from there. I, I really like Calvin Ridley. I think this is a great move. So, And I'm just happy that there was a move made, too, because, you know, you're just sitting there waiting, shaking your leg, like, yeah, when, when are the Jaguars going to get involved? I really think that's a really nice uh, summary. So, it, you know, it helps prioritize our needs for draft day, which here we are week, uh, you know, nine or something talking about the draft taking receiver like a wide receiver one off the list of needs do you think there's any chance they draft a wide receiver in the first or second round like to grow under calvin i mean if you got calvin ridley and christian kirk i don't think that would be completely necessary i would just try to get one maybe later on in the draft you know fourth or fifth round which there are good players down there too but yeah i think that's it's got to be on the defense you got to get someone on the defense i was thinking corner does not really great safeties. Usually you're going to find someone in the front seven, really. And a lot of people are going to say pass rusher and could be the end of Josh Allen as well. So we'll see. And so, so, there's, so what you're saying here is that we're not going to trade up for Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud. Yeah, that's not going to happen. I don't, I don't know. I've seen some you know, chatter about that. But let's be honest, that's not going to happen. You have Trevor Lawrence still. You haven't given him. I don't think he's had enough time yet. If next year you don't see some improvement. And, of course, this season still, there's a lot of time to go in this season. So we can't just say, oh, this is the bad season for Trevor Lawrence. We, we still got to wait, right? We played, what, is this eight games? So it's half, halfway through the season, right? So we got to see what he does in the tail end of the season. But it, it will not be a quarterback. It will 100% not be the quarterback the Jaguars are drafting. That'd be stupid. Okay, okay. <laughs> so if I said Hassan is the uh, Jaguars GM, we're talking probably like uh, Will Anderson, defensive end out of Alabama, or maybe like uh, Jalen Carter, defensive tackle, Georgia. But we're not, we're not picking QB or wide receiver now. Interesting. Absolutely not. It's going to come on the defense. <laughs> Uh, looking forward to the Raiders game. Well, I just lied. I just lied. I'm not really looking forward to the Raiders game. The Raiders got blanked on Sunday. So, you know, they're going to be coming out a little fired up as well. I'm ready for next year, Bentley. It feels like everything, all the happiness just got taken away from us, man. We were, we talked so much. We talk about it every year. Just We need Jaguars football to be relevant when Thanksgiving rolls around. And guess what, Bentley? Thanksgiving's rolling around. And the Jaguars are on a five-game losing streak. That was terrible. I was hoping that we would pull off at least this stupid Broncos victory and then uh, snag one of the next two, including a possible Chiefs upset. I mean, we know this team can do it, right? We've seen them blow out the Chargers. I mean, anything's possible. The Colts beat the Chiefs this year. So I was hoping for like, a, you know, oh, yeah, four and five, four and six with like all uh, almost all of our victories, major upsets. Yeah, I mean, that would be great, but... I don't think this team can compete with the Chiefs, but I think they have a chance versus the Raiders. I think it'd be fair to give them that chance. But Sunday, we're going to be watching the game anyways and still hoping the Jaguars win. I mean, there's no point in tanking or anything. So I'm, I'm hoping this team just gets better and better, right? And the young guys need more reps. And you want to, you want to see them finish the tail end of the season the right way. That sounds great. That sounds like some some wise words. Wise words from, from someone who just got off a, a jury duty. How'd that go? 
Oh man, that stuff is that's exhausting. I didn't get selected, but it was still a four-hour process. How about that? I was trying to make sure I didn't get selected, and I think it worked out in my favor because I was not trying to sit there for four more hours. Did when they called you up to the podium? Did you give them a Duval? They just ask a bunch of random questions, right? And I'm just like, okay, how can I answer these? But you know, I was trying to be like halfway honest. I just did not know that I was going to take that long. First, first time I went to Jersey, I just got dismissed right away. Nice. So I liked it that way. Well, thank you. I'm glad you're able to make it. Uh, escaping jury duty today, the Jaguars were not able to escape their misery this past week. This has been an episode of the Drunken Jaguar. We are an SB Nation and Big Cat Country podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Junkin Dragwar. We look forward to. Fucking, I don't know what we look forward to, but we'll be back. We'll be back. derived from the land of Punt, mentioned in ancient Egyptian sources, although the exact location of the fabled territory is still a mystery. Many studies suggest that the land of Punt was located in present-day Somalia, whereas others propose that it was situated elsewhere, i.e. anywhere the jaguars play. <laughs>